Hello friends and folks and welcome to another podcast from Scanline Media. I'm Six Detmar. And I'm Jennifer Uncle. And we're here because uh, there's been a bit of a a bit of a how, how would you put it? There's been a, a a plethora of sort of detective adjacent games recently that we've been interested in. Um we've had uh the Judgment game earlier this year from from the Ryugakotoku studio. Uh, we had uh, Astral Chain from uh, Platinum, and then we also had AI the Somnium Files from. Who's that technically from? Um, that's a Spike Chunsoft game. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and so all of these deal with like detective work to some extent, and so it was like, okay, this is great. We're gonna do like a a big like combo podcast talking about all of them and about detective work in in video games and stuff. And uh, it took a little while for a couple of reasons. One is some of these games were long and we had shit to do. The other is um, in some cases I realized how much there wasn't that much detective work in some of these <laughs> games. Um, so I think actually up front I'm going to get Astral Chain out of the way because it's not really going to be very much part of this conversation. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so Astral Chain is, you know, a platinum, you know, character action game. Um, I feel like it actually has more in common with. Uh, it reminds me a lot of like the um, the boom of like sort of cheaper like character action games in on the PS2. You know, like anybody anybody who remembers like uh, Chaos Legion or anything like that, where they don't feel quite as as fully baked in the combat sense. Um, I would say that Astral Chain never really goes goes that deep on its combat systems, and it, it it sort of suffers for that. That it's more of a more of a simple game as far as the combat mechanics. But um, so you play as uh, a a police officer, a detective, uh, who joins a force called Neuron. Uh, who's using these these extra dimensional beings to fight off the end of humanity, and you do some detective work. Um, the detective work is nothing, right? Occasionally, at the start of missions, you go around and talk to people, and they'll say stuff like, "Yeah, I don't know, I saw a weird silhouette," and "weird silhouette" will be like in red text, and then your character <laughs> will pull out a notebook and write something down, and there will be a gunshot sound effect, and then at the end, you fucking play uh, like Mad Libs. Of like, hmm, I wonder what people, well, I wonder what people saw, and then you pick the option that says weird silhouette, and they're like, that's right, but you can also just get everything wrong, and it doesn't fucking matter. Um, so as far as the detective work, it's kind of nothing. Yeah, I had, I had higher expectations for that element when I heard that it was slightly open world and had uh, side cases you were going on. Yeah, for the most part, those are like there's some there's some stuff like I mean. Honestly, there are some things about it it is the game of these games where you are actually a police officer. Um and they actually do some things with that that I do kind of like. Um I don't love, you know, I don't generally love the idea of playing as a cop, but like one thing they don't signpost at all, but is just true is that um as you walk around the open world, there's just there are like empty cans on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. And if you pick them up and put them in recycling, you get XP. Huh. 
they never tell you to do that, but like I just made a habit of like picking up a ton of recycling that I'd go up to a recycling bin and I'd just mash A and just dunk cans in with a little bidding, 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 and it felt really satisfying. Um, it feels like in a way they're emphasizing um, the sort of like the idea of of police as you know like not just you know arresting people but just sort of generally being a force for good around the community um it does also have some like a side quest around well a side quest that's sort of part you bump into on the main quest it might actually be necessary for all i know um where you're dealing with like an evil graffiti artist and stuff so it's like okay guys great um but yeah as far as as far as a detective game it isn't really one it just kind of isn't. Uh-huh, okay. So we we have both played Judgment, so I think we should we should sort of save that. We'll sort of go back and forth between AI and Judgment here. Um, tell me about AI. You had quite the quite the arc yourself with this game. Yeah. So AI is the latest game uh, written by uh, Kotaro Uchikoshi. Um, he is. He's best known for the Zero Escape series, you know, 999, uh, Virtue's Last Reward, Zero Time Dilemma, and uh, this is his return to... Well, I guess those games weren't really detective games, but it's a return to a semi-serious mystery going on. You're playing this, uh, you're playing this police officer called uh, Kaname Date, and uh, his whole thing is that he has... He has a missing eye that's been replaced by a cybernetic, uh, like like a little AI buddy named Iba, who takes the form of a small bear when she's hopping out of your eye. And um, she also has a human-style construct that appears when she's either projecting herself to you or you're diving into other people's minds. And that's the main mechanic for investigation. You find a suspect, you put them to sleep, and you basically dive into their brains to piece together piece together information from their subconscious, essentially. Hmm. And it's these it's this weird trippy dreamscape situation where you're often asked to interact with something in four different ways, and they're custom for each interaction. Some of them are just simply is are simple as opening a door or knocking on it sometimes it's okay here's a lever if you input a fighting game combo on this lever it will get the thing that needs to happen to happen and it's a it's such an uneven game i'd even call it a mess because <sighs> so one of the things I'm curious about is because you're, you know, you're, you're doing stuff like, like, I mean, you described you're going into people's, into people's like heads. Um, like, is it, is it their dreams or just like their, their, their mental space? It's, it's basically a dream that they're having while they're asleep, but they don't remember it at all. It like, it's, okay. it's, it's some sort of mid ground called Somnium and, uh, sure. Of course they couldn't make it just one thing or the other. It's a Japanese uh, visual novel they had to come up with their own special thing right also all the terminology is really weird like uh it it's it's basically the word that you expect except they spell it a bit differently so for example your division is called abyss except it's spelled a b i s 
and you sync with your subjects, except that's spelled P-S-Y-N-C instead of just sync. Hmm. Okay. Um, I guess what I'm curious about is how does that affect the um, the investigation work? Where, like, I mean, is it sounds like the investigation works on dream logic. Is that accurate? Essentially, yeah. Um, you're given six minutes within the dream world to figure out what's going on and push everything along to your end goal in that dream. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not real time. What, what happens is that... Uh, Milliseconds are slowly, very slowly ticking down if you're just standing still. While you're moving your character, it flows like seconds, and every action takes X amount of seconds. You can pick up certain items that either decrease the amount of time an action takes by half or a tenth, or sometimes when you interact with something, you get this skull icon that makes everything take significantly longer. And if you spend too long trying to solve it, uh, you get a game over and have to retry. So a couple of things on that, then. Um, first off, do you feel like the the investigation is like is sort of undone by the fact that it's dream logic? I mean, like, does the fact like does that make it feel like you're not solving a mystery so much as you're just trying to figure out what they decided the solution would be? You're more or less getting the perception of the character you're diving into and what you're basically gleaning little bits of information from that, which I think is kind of interesting. You'll never get a straight up, oh, I did it, or I know gigantic X secret. You get little bits of information to be like, how would they know this particular bit of information? And you jump off from there to explore a new area or go back to some place you've looked previously and uh, check out a part you overlooked initially. Hmm. And they do some interesting things with the plot because uh, I don't know how spoilery we're going to be getting in here. Uh, we're going to get like, we're going to get mildly spoilery. I'd like to give people still a reason to play these games. Okay. Um, But like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk like we're gonna have to bring this stuff up to some extent, right? Yeah. The, so. There's one situation where one of the dreams you jump into within a specific timeline is something that that character would have no right knowing, and the reason for that is they aren't entirely that character you think they are. And it, it uses that as an interesting bit of misdirection that goes on. I see. I will say, as, as a puzzle-solving situation with uh, the various dreams solving these dreams, uh, the time mechanic combined with the ridiculous actions you have to take or you have to throw at the wall and hope that it works, it, it feels like it's a bad mix. Like... Um, in earlier puzzles, it you get more leniency in terms of what you're able to do or how much how many times you can mess up without time running out. Mm-hmm. But it's also one of those situations where most of the humor comes from trying something and it doesn't work entirely. Like it, it's written in a way that it expects you to continuously mess up, except the game itself is very unforgiving with that sort of exploration. To the point where in some of the end game puzzles, you straight up have to do a exact beeline from 
object to object and get the interaction right every single time, or else you're going to run out of time. Like, some of these puzzles I had to use a walkthrough, and even with the walkthrough, I had uh, less than five seconds left before it I would enter a fail state. Hmm. And so given that, given that it has kind of like this unforgiving sort of like dream logic going on, um, does that extend to the plot itself? Like, do you feel like, I mean, do you feel like they're having you make jumps of logic that don't feel reasonable given the, uh, like, or, or, I don't know, like, part of, part of the idea of these mystery games is that you're going along with them and you're sort of piecing together what's going on. And do you feel like it was, they had, there was a reasonable expectation that you'd be able to do so? Or do you feel like the the emphasis on dream logic made that difficult in a way that was unsatisfying? So I'd say the plot itself is fairly straightforward, especially since when you're talking with characters before you move on to the next scene, there's more or less an option that appears almost every time at the end that's like summarized for me. And Aiba or mm. uh, Date himself will give the player a five or ten sentences worth of explanation as to what information you've gleaned from that interaction. And mm. also, this game is significantly less uh, mind-warpy than uh, the various Zero Escape games that Uchikoshi also wrote. So hmm. it's it's much more straightforward. Like, there is there are moments where characters will pu- will pull you aside and be like, okay, let me explain this metaphysical concept to you. But... All of that more or less doesn't matter. There is one mechanic that is... There's one mechanic that hinges around the entire plot, and it is incredibly simple once a character tells it to you the first time. And it more or less explains everything else that's been happening. Uh, A question, just out of personal bias here. Um, When they explain various, you know, like theories and things to you do they get them wrong like they do in zero escape i wouldn't say so no um a a lot of the stuff is a bit more simple like when they're explaining alternate timelines uh one of the things they mention is oh yeah you know the whole berenstein berenstein bears thing (laughs) it's like that or it's like uh they even bring it up as the mandela effect and talk about nelson mandela for a little bit but, uh... Okay, okay, so they kind of, they ground it a little better than trying to be like, so, uh, I will never get over the time where they're like, so, okay, so they had, he, he put his cat in a box, and that meant that he had seven cats. I'm like, that's not, you don't understand any of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it never goes that far. Like, there are some moments where teens are pretty, well, not teens, they're all young adults. They're, they get pretty galaxy brainy with you, but... It's presented from the context of, oh, this kid's a giant weeb who studies way too much uh, occult slash uh, secret society stuff. So this is just him spinning off on his own. Mm. And uh, yeah, overall, they they do a pretty good job with grounding everything in this, I, I feel like. As much as you can ground a story where... You have a artificial eye that pops out of your eyeball and inflates into a small bear creature or projects herself as a anime lady. Mm. Why does it do both? 
Um, <laughs> the the bear form is how she walks around independently of your body, so she can just hang out on the desk or whatever. And then the form that she uses, the human form, she says is is a recent addition because she thought that you seemed kind of lonely, so she made herself into an anime girl. Okay. Sure. Yeah, uh... I don't know whether we want to get too far into this before we touch on the other game, but uh No, I think I think we'll double back and talk about some of the some of the like non investigation but the problems with um with, with AI. Okay, that's fair. Um so judgment, um it feels to me like when they were making Judgment, they had their idea and they were like, how do we take the, the Yakuza engine that we built? It's the Yakuza 6 engine. Or is it 7? I think it's 7. Um, and uh, how do we take this engine and make a game that is like really like leaning into the detective stuff without having to create a new engine, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's often to its detriment despite the fact that i think it's a good game uh sometimes it feels like they're trying to shoehorn in detective stuff where they don't need it yeah it's to the point where it a large portion of this game feels like a yakuza game with detective trappings Mm -hmm. yeah i mean like you have times where like for instance one of the recurring like there are basically the recurring systems where it's like okay here's like uh, either you're like you're stationary and you're looking around a scene for things, or you get to move around and you're looking for things, or like one of the dumbest ones. And you can take a perk to not have to worry about this anymore, but also like why is that even a thing then? Is like, oh, I've got a locked door. Which of these keys is it? And you have to do that with your own office. <laughs> uh, to be fair, when I have when I have a bundle of keys like that, I often. I, I often forget which one goes where. Sure, but what's the benefit? What does it add to the game? Like, okay, why don't why don't like if we're if we're doing this in the interest of realism, why don't we have him like you know have cramps when he runs for too long and have to sit down and drink a Gatorade? Like, what is the point of that mechanic other than the fact that sometimes it takes you two clicks to open a door instead of one? It's just obnoxious. Yeah, especially when you only have one or two keys and it's asking you. Okay, you need to open this door. I guess you just have one key, but we're still going to make you select it. And and also, like, w- when you're opening your office, like, the first time I had to open my office, I didn't know because there was no indication which of my keys it was. I was like, I'm going to guess this one. And I was right, and they were like, nice! I'm like, no, it wasn't <laughs> nice! Uh, Fuck off! I just clicked, I just clicked on a key! Like, I don't know, it just felt, it felt kind of like patronizing and like they were trying too hard to make it a thing you know mm-hmm. um but beyond that i mean the story really does center around uh investigative work in a way that i think is is good they do do uh, they do ha- uh i mean actually if you think about classic yakuza there's a fair bit of investigation going on there to be honest where a lot of time there's like a central mystery of like like you know events are set in motion by something that doesn't make any sense and you by beating information out of people try to get you know your knowledge um mm-hmm. and 
uh, once again, our protagonist here is pretty hands-on, I would say. Is that a, is that a fair description? <laughs> hands-on and feet-on. Yeah, yeah, skateboard on at a, at a one particular occasion. Um, so Yagami um, beats people up in the same way that 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 Kiryu does in a way that yeah I do feel like is is a concession to Yakuza in a way that doesn't always fit the investigation theme. Um, but it is kind of like I feel like it's a swing back in the other direction from most investigation stuff where like I mean. If you play, I don't know, like if you play one of the Zero Escape games, situations occur where you could imagine that people would fight things out, right? Totally, yeah. There, there's definitely situations where a lot is at stake and people are pretty angry and are coming to blows with one another. So in that in that way, I think it's kind of valuable that like I mean I do think it pushes a little hard in the other direction, but given how unco- how usually in this genre, it's just like oh no, well I guess I guess we'll just have to you know agree to disagree or someone will wave a weapon and everyone will back off. Um, I do appreciate that they they push a little harder and like no sometimes sometimes you have to solve things with your fist the fact that it is you know i i don't know if alarmingly common is fair but very common that you're like and what did you see and they're like well i don't know fucking cop why don't you hit me until i tell you and you're like okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah one of the character traits of yukami is he's like well, this suits me better than being a normal lawyer because I can just beat the shit out of people and I might get in trouble with the law, but it seems to be going okay for me so far. Yeah, uh, he does, uh, you know, he gets the answers and that's what matters. <laughs> Kakarot, what is this voice I'm doing? Uh, and then occasionally he flashes his attorney's badge uh, dramatically to be like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Yeah, it's that's one of the things I don't I, we should we should double back to talk about the attorney stuff because I have feelings about how they handle that. Um but okay, so so AI, right? Yeah. Th- this, you know, I could I could hear someone, I could imagine a theoretical person who heard what you said before and is like that sounds great. Jen recommends this game. Fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, so the thing is, um, aside from making all the Zero Escape games, which uh, Six and I have a history with, uh, I feel like uh, Virtue's Last Reward is a sticking point for both of us in different ways, and uh, Zero Time Dilemma was kind of, eh. Aside from those, he also happened to make a game in between these two called Punchline, which is also an anime and a manga, but... The whole gist about that one, or one of the gists anyway, is your main character will accidentally end the world if he sees the same girl's panties twice. And Which, like, like relatable, right? <laughs> Hashtag. Big mood. And that mindset is definitely present in AI. Like, not the same specific mechanics or anything like that, but... This game has three different t- styles of humor. One is... Jokes that are actually kind of good and get something out of you, like uh, Iba confidently backing a um, 
one of those forklifts into the ocean and climbing out and just basically being like, ta-da, that, that's pretty good. Some of them are references that have no... They're, they're not really jokes so much as references. Like, you can hit jump at one point and she'll go, weekly shonen. As your character goes, nope, won't let you finish that. And the one that got on Six's nerves, I think, is the one where they straight up recreate a pop team epic gag. Well, so the thing, there there are a couple of layers there, right? One is I wasn't really exposed to the Weekly Shonen one. Um, I, the first one of yours that I, you sh- you showed me, uh, or that I just bumped into on Twitter, I guess, that you were, you were posting about, was the, uh, was the pop team epic one. And so, first off, it was the first one I saw. And second, I just really hate Pop Team Epic. <laughs> um, but I feel like for the, my, like, really my my problem, I mean, like, it's, you know, it's the family guy thing, right? Like, it's people mistaking the fact of you saying, of you acknowledging something's existence means it's a joke. It's like, no, that's really not how this works. Yeah. Uh, and I just find it really frustrating. And the third style of joke, and the one that kind of gets under my skin, is the sexual jokes that are either gross or just completely boneheaded. Like, uh, in terms of the boneheaded one, uh, Date's whole thing is that his reflexes imp- um, his reflexes uh, shoot up if he thinks there's a porno mag somewhere. So Aiba, for quick time events, her strategy to get you to move somewhere super quickly is to be like, hey, look over there. There's there's a porno mag. You should go grab it. And your character just goes in slow motion, porno mag. And he runs over. And of course, there's not a magazine there. And he gets angry. But Aiba's like, oh, yeah, I just tell you that because I know you'll do that every single time. And that happens like five or ten different times within the course of the game. So, and what in one scene it happens at least three different times. So, yeah. Hmm. And uh, the other kind of joke is just straight up gross with no real place to it. Like uh, one of your companions, Aset, um, also known as Iris, is a. Uh, this 18-year-old uh, idol, and um, characters kind of get gr- gross around her sometimes. Like, uh, there's a part near the end where this Yakuza guy is uh, helping you out, and he asks you to ask Iris if he can motorboat her. And the way that scene plays out is you and Iris uh, agree, but you have him close his eyes, and you pick up one of his unconscious bodyguards uh, who is overweight and you have him motorboat his unconscious bodyguard and the scene lasts for like a few minutes with the Yakuza guy being very, very happy about what he's doing. Very vocally. And yeah, there's more than a few jokes like that and every time it's like, this is just fucking gross. I don't know why I'm continuing to play this there were some points where i could i honestly considered whether it would be best to drop the game entirely because it was continuously doing that and i know that i'm not i know that my opinion isn't the majority opinion in this regard because 
a lot of folks around me love this game a whole lot. Like, it's gotten great reviews. It's, uh, I see people on Twitter posting about it positively. And, but there is one thing that kind of gets under my skin in that regard. And that's, there's like a minute long scene where you're basically hanging out at a bar with, uh, it's kind of like the angel bar in Yakuza with the similar sort of character. You, you probably mm. know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I think so. Basically a, a drag queen kind of situation, except mm. not entirely like that. And um, you kind of ask your, you, you kind of ask your adopted daughter um, what she thinks about, uh, what she thinks about the bar. And she goes into a minute long speech about how, Gay people are kind of cool because they have good taste and they have, uh, they suffer a lot and manage to persist regardless. And there's even a little note you get later that's like, LGBT, I love them all. And that's basically the game saying that. And yeah, as, as an isolated thing, that's great. But you also have this, you also have this character that's basically treated like a drag queen kind of character and... They make jokes about her parts, and it's it, it's a game where I feel like people are willing to give it a lot more credit because there's a lot of community cult love for the Zero Escape games and Uchikoshi himself. He's, he's a pretty charming creator in interviews and things like that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a situation where it doesn't feel right to give this... It doesn't feel right to give this game much kudos for things like that when it it is being very vocally positive about queer folks and trans folks and everything like that. But within the same breath, they're making jokes about uh, not wanting to see um, Mama's uh, parts or why sleeping with her would be a bad idea. And Yeah, I mean, it's... <sighs> The other thing, I feel like this, like, there's there's a layer of um, self-selection in the audience here, right? Um, where you're going to have people who are, like, the, the pe- you, you see people on Twitter who are like, oh man, this game's great, and also they love the representation, right? Um, and I feel like the reason for that is because these are people that are just so starved for quality representation in this style. Like, anime visual novels are really shitty to queer people. Yep, like, uh, I host a Danganronpa podcast on the side, and the very first game has among one of the shittiest portrayals of a, of a trans character or trans issues that I've ever seen within that genre. And maybe that's because I don't have much experience with the genre, but it still stings. And there's, you know, there's, there's, like, lots of, like, cross-dressing comedy, there's lots of, like, they just, they just treat... LGBT people like shit. They just do. There are lots of situations of like, oh, the the like the gay guy who's like a joke character, um, and so you know you get a Stockholm syndrome, right? You get people who are like, oh man, they like they're sort of numb to the fact that the game keeps spitting on them, um, but this one in between spitting on me says they think I'm cool, and like I I am not saying this to dunk on those people. I genuinely sympathize, but I think. I hope they can understand that they are they are like responding to someone mistreating them slightly less rather than themselves be actually treated well. 
yeah, that that's how I feel about it too. Like it and it feels it feels uncomfortable to have this game listed within it 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 feels uncomfortable to have this game listed as positive representation of uh queer folks in media when so much of queer folks own work within this genre goes ignored entirely or gets hold or gets held to a higher standard than this game ever would be mm-hmm. yeah for sure um and then so here's an here's an interesting um talking in a less uncomfortable way and just like um with judgment um i don't know okay I haven't talked to you about this. I'm wondering if you're going to feel the same way I did. Um, I like Judgment, and I appreciate the direction it goes in to an extent, but I feel like they sort of set out with a mission uh, to talk about the, the criminal justice system in Japan and the legal system and its problems, and then they abandon that for conspiracy theories. Yeah, it's a situation where they initially get into... They they start the game by talking about how rare it is for anyone to get exonerated within the Japanese legal system. Mm-hmm. And one of your your character's initial rise to prominence and immediate fall is because you ended up exonerating someone within one of your first cases. And then after that person is treated as a or basically the character that you exonerate uh, is immediately caught in another murder situation so everyone thinks you're you let a killer loose Mm -hmm. and it it ends up uh, going from you investigating another another situation where the victim's the killer seems like it's a clear-cut situation, but you have your own doubts and you have your own moral code, so you're willing to fight for this person, even if you kind of think he's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And it kind of spins off from there into a conversation about the government at large and uh, specifically about um, Alzheimer's itself. Yeah, um, it goes into it goes into a direction where um, I mean, again, we're not going to spoil too much, but like I think you can tell by the tenor of the conversation, um, the original like oh the person who got off the hook actually committed another killer is a misdirect, um, and then the stuff they do with like the actual killer is you know like it's 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 indirectly or whatever it's the government, um, and it just feels really. I I don't mind it, but it feels Yakuza. It doesn't feel like judgment, right? And that's maybe it seems like a dumb thing to say when we have one judgment game and this is what it is. But, like, if you're going to make these two different lines, the whole point of this game, at least the way they pitched it and the way they set it up in the beginning of the game, is, like, we're going to talk about the legal system. We're going to talk about the problems and people fighting against it. And even, to a certain extent, like, how fighting against it can be a problem like the 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 initial setup i thought was really strong because it is the job of a defense attorney to do their best to get their client off right Mm -hmm. um 
And if you got someone off and then it turned out they were the killer or they committed another crime, I can understand feeling guilty, but also that's not your fault. And, like, I think there's an interesting conversation to be had about, like, well, like, what is the cost of trying to get people off if there's a chance, like, if there's a chance they're guilty, right? But the game actually isn't interested in that. It, it initially has that interest and then it just sort of throws it away in favor of this conversation about, yeah, just like very, very traditional Yakuza conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah, like uh, Yakuza 0 was mostly a game about, about property, and Judgment is in some ways a game also about property. And mm -hmm. the positions of power one has when one has lucrative property available to them. Yeah, it feels like a failure to think outside of their own box, mm -hmm. um, in that sense. And that's a shame because they definitely get into conversations where... Like, your old boss is like, you know... Well, initially, the way that the game presents itself after the whole two years later, or however long it was between that uh, case and you quitting and becoming a private detective, um, you do have a conversation with, the with your um, former boss that's like, a you leaving was entirely your own decision, and we'd have you back in a heartbeat. You shouldn't have thrown all that away just over one case. Mm -hmm. And there's this interesting grappling of morality where the game's name in Japan is Judge Eyes, and Yagami's whole thing is, I don't know if I can trust myself anymore to make these judgments. Like, I thought that I'd be able to see someone, listen to their story, and tell whether they were innocent or guilty. And I don't have my trust to that anymore. And the game's solution to that is, oh, well, Yagami was right all along, and he just has this innate ability to tell whether someone's innocent or guilty. And then, like, despite that, he at the, uh, he's like, but I'm gonna be a detective anyway. Um, which feels like not only is, like, so they've already they've already sort of thrown thrown away their interesting premise of like what is it like to to you know to do your job not knowing if it's the right thing all the time um but knowing that the job is necessary anyway they're already throwing away that premise and what are they throwing it away for because he still at the end is like okay well it turns out i do know right from wrong but fuck it <laughs> yeah the ending is more or less i prefer doing this private detective thing with uh my best friend Kaito, and uh, you continuing to do that. I really like. I really expected um, there to be sort of a. Uh, I, I even like a, a. This is gonna sound a bit silly, but I expected sort of like an Ace Attorney style twist, right? Where it was like, listen, I'm not coming back, but like my badge is still valid, and they make a point of that. His attorney's badge still is is he's still licensed. Um, so, like, I'm not gonna, like, sign up with a firm, but, like, under extreme circumstances, I'll come back and help. I'll, 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 I'll go, you know, when, when Phoenix ends up in the hospital, I'll take over the case, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't do that. And I feel like it just, 
they they lose their way in the, it's, it's it's a really classic problem for for all creative types where they're like i don't know how to end this i guess i'll do what i always do and that's not what this game needed i agree do you think the game like the like the game had this gigantic controversy when one of the actors it was modeled after uh, pierre taki uh, was caught with drugs mm-hmm. do you think this game would have made as much of a splash if none of that had happened and uh it had just gone on with no controversy i don't think it made that much of a splash to be honest i mean like um i think it made some headlines among people who were already paying attention is the feeling i get um but like you know i work in retail um and i talk like it may not be that surprising that among my coworkers, the ones I am closest with, tend to be the ones who work in electronics because we have things we can talk about, um, and they know their games pretty well because they have to for their job. None of them realized that Judgment had any connection to Yakuza. Huh. So I don't think that there's like I don't think the connection is as strong. Like and, and generally, I don't think the the word around the game was honestly that big it seemed like it was a game that sort of like if you knew about it you were excited but for for the larger market really skated under the radar which is kind of my impression of yakuza writ large um and so i don't think that controversy actually moved the needle one way or the other i think it started a conversation about how this stuff is is treated and it's been an interesting year maybe we'll have a maybe we'll have to do an ill-gotten games sooner or later about some other decisions companies have made recently mm-hmm. um but it's been a it's been a weird time for companies making decisions that you understand why they made them because capitalism is what it is and and culture is what it is but those decisions still fucking suck totally i ultimately had a pretty good time with judgment and i thought some of the end story beats were effective but at the same time it's a game that it it also falls victim to i think uh yakuza's uh need for escalation because at some point you end up fighting certain people repeatedly that are basically colorful gang members with their own special ability. And there's one repeated fight sequence where you're continuously fighting someone called Kane Man. And his Kane is just turning into various weapons. Mm-hmm. Like, you're fighting him initially and he just has the Kane, and then later on the Kane folds in half and turns into a, a fucking shotgun. And then he does a magician's trick and it turns into two canes. And it escalates from there. And it feels like... I would have liked to see a game that focused more on the detective end instead of having one case boil down to, okay, now we have to go fight a bunch of people because... Now we have some. Now some of our Yakuza connections are having trouble, and we need to bail them out. Even though I'm just a fucking private investigator, not connected to the Yakuza, but I guess I mean you are connected to the Yakuza, but oh yeah, true. I, 
Yeah, that is true. Like, uh, your education was paid for by a Yakuza boss, and one of the former members of that uh, specific family, Kaito, is working for you now. So there are connections there, but uh, overall, a lot of time, a lot of the time it feels like you're getting up to classic Yakuza action, like storming specific uh, strongholds and things like that. Sure. Yeah, uh, it's it's it, when we did our previous podcast and I had barely played any, um, I was I was more optimistic about it being less of a Yakuza game. And it's it's still very much a Yakuza game. Yeah. Um, doubling back a bit just to um, give a little more. So I, I sort of brushed um, Astral Chain out of the way because it's not um, it's not really a detective game, not really an investigation game. Right. Um, but, you know, this podcast is about these three games. That was the pitch. And so um I do want to talk a little bit about the story of Astral Chain. Um, I think I'm just going to give a, a blanket spoiler warning because I feel like I can't talk about this game without just saying like, hey, have you seen this show? <laughs> um, so you're working for Neuron, right? It's what called does that remind Neuron? You of? It's called Neuron. <laughs> um, there's like, uh, there's like a creepy talking mostly quiet guy who constantly adjusts his glasses and folds his hands in charge of it um you are technically capturing uh the enemy that you're fighting and converting them into weapons against their will uh you're trying to stop the end of the world the end of the first chapter or maybe it's i don't know maybe it's the second chapter one of the very early chapters is like um Everyone else loses their legions, which are these, you know, like demons that you've you've psychically chained and are now obeying you, right? On a leash. Um, and everyone else loses theirs, and you don't lose yours. And uh then it cuts to the like the the leader, the director, uh I was gonna say the evil director, but gosh, that would be editorializing, wouldn't it? <laughs> um where he's he's in his he's in his office and the screens have like the, the screens in front of him open up and there are little like like blank boxes with like enigmatic names that he's talking to and and they're like the, the this is a disaster oh no humanity's doomed and he's like well we still have the option of ascending it's like guys everyone can see what you're doing <laughs> you're just trying to make like Ava without any sex i guess <laughs> Ava, where you can dress up as a dog mascot and beat the shit out of people, and that's like those are the best parts of the of the game. Honestly, like there's there's a part where you have like like you you um you start a dog shelter for stray dogs. There's a part of the game where you have to go for a walk while balancing a multi scoop ice cream cone. The game is actually kind of cool, but. The writing is really stupid and thinks it's like it doesn't it thinks there are twists. There are zero twists in this game. Would there be twists if someone had not conceivably seen Evangelion before? I guess there'd be a little. It's still like it still just foreshadows like crazy. Um it just foreshadows so 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 hard. Like um 
they're like, oh, weird. Like, there's um, your your you and your twin. You're like like different gender, but otherwise nearly identical twin. Are 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 the children of the like the captain of the neuron like action squad, right? But you're just adopted, and gosh, you really had mysterious circumstances around you, and weird, your sync rates are off the charts, and weird, you shouldn't be able to control a legion like that. It's almost like you have some kind of special power, and they just sit on that for, like, <laughs> six hours, and then they're like, turns out you have a special power. It's like, yeah, no fucking shit. <laughs> Duh. Um, um. I think this game is good. It's really stupid. <laughs> so you can either answer or not answer this if it's a uh, too much of a spoiler. Is the Legion your parent or something? No, they don't. They don't do. They don't do the Freud shit. Basically, um, the Legions are just demons. Okay. Um, and they, yeah, I mean, they do have the moment where you, uh. <laughs> where you get basically get absorbed by the LCL. That does happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, and they also have the moment where at the end, uh, you're like, wait, I don't know if this not Gendo Akari's a good guy. And he's like, well, I'm sending down the mass-produced Avas. I mean, legions. <laughs> um, and they're all clones of your brother. I mean, Ray. I, wait, no, I did mean your brother. Um, it's It's so clumsy. I, yeah, it's really hard to sound like I'm selling you on this game, right? <laughs> because it's fun, and it's flashy, and a lot of the, like, the side stuff, like, here's a dumb detail. There are vending machines everywhere that you buy items from. They all have personalities. One of the first ones you encounter is a Sundere vending machine who's like, I don't really care if you buy anything, and then if you do, they're like, oh, cool, I mean, not that I care. And it's like, <laughs> it's dumb but it's kind of fun or like there are like when you get sucked into the astral plane there are vending machines that get sucked in there too they're you know just for the sake of you having somewhere to buy items obviously but they get corrupted by the void which means just that their sentences don't make sense and they're trying to be cute and they're just speaking nonsense it's just dumb little things that are like cute and nice and the game is full of cute little nice things i really like when you're getting the big tour of the i tweeted this one uh when you're getting the big tour of the base for the first time with lappy the crime fighting dog mascot um who is just one of the like logistics officers and she tries she's like oh man like i wonder who lappy is gosh anyway i'm gonna go get lappy and everyone's like we all know it's you um <laughs> and but then like she's introducing you to various places by way of like basically jump scares because she's just magically there like the one that i i linked on twitter was like you're getting introduced to the bathroom which is pointless because there's no mechanical reason to use the bathroom ever in the game but it's like but no realistically when you're taking a tour of the base they'd want you to know where the bathrooms were so you go up to the bathroom and you're walking towards the entrance and then popping out from behind a corner is the dog going this is the toilet and you're like okay <laughs> uh it's weirdly charming for such a dumb thing that sounds pretty great it it does remind me of some of uh, Judgment's uh, side quests where they get very punny in the localization. Though, mm. I, I feel like it's a little bit less charming because it's things like uh, 
there's a series of side quests in Judgment where you're taking down sex perverts, basically, and one of them is called Ass Ketchum because he goes around groping people's asses. Yeah, there's, there's, I, as I say, this, I mean, like, uh, they make the default outfit of the female character, whether you, you choose to play as her or whether she's the NPC, because which there are, you know, there are the, the twins and whichever one you don't pick is the one who can speak and, and sort of fills the narrative role. Um, and, uh, boy, they gave her some really tight shorts, but otherwise the game is not particularly horny. That's... That's good to hear. Like, I don't mind uh, games trying something, but uh, a lot of the times when they try it, like uh, AI and Judgment, uh, they aren't particularly great at it. Yeah. Yep, I agree with you. A lot of times they try it, they fail it. So. <sighs> like, yeah, so... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, there, there are parts of AI that I like a whole lot. Like, uh, there's a specific story that happens in one of the routes where you're more or less witnessing this uh, old lady's uh, story by basically, you're, you're jumping into her mind and she's suffering from dementia. And you're basically watching various points in her life that uh, were pretty sad that uh, kind of led to some of her more or less being stuck in the past, more or less. Mm -hmm. And some of those scenes are really poignant. Like, uh, seeing one of the characters, uh, who is her son, uh, more or less, uh, act out because she bought him the wrong type of chocolate because he wanted the one with the stickers and the one she bought didn't have the stickers. It, it kind of hits hard because you can see that she's, She's had a rough life as a mom, more or less, and hmm. there's some interesting emotional catharsis when you're talking with the character who you're talking with her son at when he's more grown up and he's just coming to terms with the fact that she's been so nice to him as he's been so terrible to her at various points in their life, hmm. and it it's it gets really moving at points. I wish the game was a lot more of that. Like, touching on your, also your adopted daughter, they get into some really great stuff with her. When the game is going for something emotional, it is almost always successful. It just happens to jump into a lot of stuff that's either really dumb or really gross, and... That's kind of a shame, because if it didn't do that as often, I feel like I would be giving this game more of a wholehearted recommendation. You know, what is one uh, investigation game that just came out that we can wholeheartedly recommend? What is it? Uh, Return of the Oberdin just came out on Switch. Oh, right! That game whips ass and is also very thoroughly about investigation uh so we can end on the positive note of like if you have interest of an investigation game and you haven't played return of the Oprah din that game's fantastic i hear it runs well on switch it's really pretty and it's just it's just a fantastic game 
Yeah, and even if you don't have Switch, it also had its Xbox and uh, PlayStation releases at the same time, so mm-hmm. you can get them there too. And also, it, it doesn't require a lot of a lot of CPU power on PC. So, yeah, the look they're going for is very stylish, but also seems like it'd be fairly easy to run on most PCs. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this podcast here. Um, is there is there any any closing notes you want to do for any of these games? Uh, I feel like I feel like when we started this project, we expected all three of these games to be more detective-y than they were. Like AI certainly fits the bill because you're constantly questioning people and using puzzles to put together logic and stuff like that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, o- overall, I feel like. I feel like we're seeing an interesting blend these days where some of these games take notes from various adventure games of the past or crime-solving situations, and they use them to flavor up some of their action games. And Mm -hmm. if you know that going in, or even if you kind of, even if you're not, as long as you're not going in expecting it to be something that's incredibly hard-boiled or very laser focused on investigation you could probably have a pretty good time with all of these games but uh yeah yeah i think you just you need to gauge your expectation and and know what you're what you're actually in for because it is it can be a little misleading with some of these games about i mean i i feel like the most misleading is um the way other people have talked about um astral chain i don't know about how the way they marketed it very much but at least the way other people talked about it was like it was going to be this like you know like hybrid game and there's there's nothing hybrid about it (laughs) people went into that game expecting entire expecting it to be 100% an action game like Metal Gear Rising and when it did have open world stuff and side quests they overcorrected themselves and went oh this game's actually a detective game if you really think about it yeah galaxy brain um yeah they're wrong (laughs) all right well um kick it here to the plug zone jen where can people find you and your work upon the internet oh one other thing if you're gonna play ai don't play it on switch because it performs horribly there like there are situations where you'll have to wait 10 to 15 seconds after hitting the a button before the next bit of dialogue loads in and that that can make that can make the experience much more miserable than it needs to be. Yeah, that sounds less than ideal. Anyway, uh, you can find me at JBU3 on Twitter. Um, most of my work lives on ScanlineMedia.com or Patreon.com/ScanlineMedia, where we do various uh, podcasts and stuff like that. And most of it is accessible if you just pay a buck. So. Pretty good deal overall. And aside from that, we also do a visual novel podcast uh, with uh, 6 and M called Novel Not New, a true end podcast. And you can find that at readinggames.online. All right. And then as far as me, um, I'm on Twitter at 6detmar, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. Any questions, any feedback, you can find you can find me there and pass it along. 
I will also note that that's the place to go for my pinned tweet if you want to learn about all the other shows that I do, though most of it is also Scanline Media content. Um, yeah, thanks so much for joining us, folks, and peace out. Later.